It's pretty obvious. Michigan is moving on from Jim Harbaugh, either right now or after next season. I'll explain why next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Present touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. season is over. You and I know. It's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Happy New Year. Welcome to a brand new year of Michigan Podcast. Hope you all had a great holiday and stayed safe. I am Steve Dace. Well, it's the extension that has been imminent again and again and again and again and again and again. Uh, If like me, you subscribe to the Michigan Premium message boards out there that do a tremendous job. That's why I've subscribed to both of them uh, for well over a decade on both sides. But I believe we are, at the time we're taping this episode, we are at the ninth hint that the Harbaugh extension was imminent. And yet, at the time we're taping this, still nothing. It was said before signing day. I mean, Michigan has to get this done before signing day. You can't have a lame duck coach before signing day. And yet the head coach and the AD both had a press conference where the head coach refused to say he was going to be coaching here next year. And the AD refused to say he wanted him to. Cool. Cool beans. Signing day comes and goes. No extension. Then we were told, well, I mean, this has to get done by the time people break for Christmas. Instead, Harbaugh left was gone for several weeks, just returned to the football building earlier today, in fact. Still no extension. It's been a month. Nothing. Now we're hearing Michael Spath uh, over on the Stadium in Maine podcast says he has a source that has spoken with several current players 
they're claiming they haven't talked to Harbaugh in three weeks. There's been wars and rumors of wars when it comes to meetings. Will there be a meeting, a special meeting, a not special meeting? What the hell is a special meeting? Nothing changes. Nothing. We do hear Jim Harbaugh's name speculated about as a candidate for NFL jobs and NFL circles. So how do we make sense of all of this? To me, this only makes sense if you add two missing links here, the variables. And the first variable is that Jim Harbaugh is uncertain. He has a long-term future at Michigan. Then maybe this has run its course. Maybe his wife wants out. And a lot of rumors where that's concerned. And Harbaugh is thinking, do I take an NFL job now? My family wants me to do that, perhaps. I take one now, try to get out ahead of the posse, so to speak. Well, if that's the case, then it makes perfect sense that we waited this long for an extension because the NFL season only ended 48 hours ago at the time we're taping this. Black Monday or Bloody Monday was just yesterday with all the coaching vacancies announced. So it makes perfect sense to wait this long. The other variable and missing link here is on the Michigan side with Ward Manuel. I believe there's two possible outcomes here, and Ward Manuel is perfectly fine with either one of them. That the Michigan athletic director thinks, hey, Harbaugh leaves now. It's a graceful exit. I don't have to fire a proud alum, one of the most decorated players in school history, one of the most decorated quarterbacks in school history. Not to mention, I don't have to pay the remainder of his contract which is Harbaugh's buyout. He doesn't technically have a buyout. He just is owed the rest of his deal on his current contract. That's about $10 million. I save that $10 million because if Harbaugh leaves on his own, that's a him problem. I saved that $10 million. Bucks. I didn't have to do the deed. It's a graceful end. Also, when you look at head coaching candidates, everybody I'd want to hire was pretty much still coaching. So I didn't get in the way of their the end of their seasons. You know, by having Harbaugh leave two or three weeks ago and then so-and-so is getting questions for weeks about Michigan and it's less miles 2007 all over again. And so I'm just laying low. Let Jim make his decision. And then the second option here is Jim returns. But he returns with the new deal I've offered him, which has a friendlier buyout. Don't pay attention to how many years are on Harbaugh's contract. That's clickbait. It's irrelevant. They can have it a 29-year extension. All that matters is what the buyout is next year. That's all that matters. A contract does isn't determined by the length of it, but by what it takes to get out of it. That, that determines the contract. And presumably, Ward would have a much friendlier buyout a year from now, which is probably why they added all those extra years to compensate for that. And therefore, if he's got to move on from Harbaugh, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than it is right now. And if you're Ward Manual, you, one other, you won either way. If he comes back next year and still can't beat Ohio State, still can't win a New Year's Six Bowl, then he fired himself. You, again, aren't guilty of this. You gave Jim Harbaugh every shot, and he didn't deliver. So that's what I think is going on here. If, if Ward Manuel wanted Jim Harbaugh for sure to be his head coach next season, he would have said so by now. But he hasn't said so in a month of asking. Why not? Because there's some doubt that he does want him back next year. Jim Harbaugh could have signed an extension for a month. Why hasn't he done it? Because there's some doubt that he wants to be back here next year. Now, we are approaching a bit of a deadline here. This has all been well and good. 
We're past the signing day into our recruiting dead period. The NFL season wasn't over yet, but this is now beginning to come to a head. The NFL season is over from a regular season standpoint. Coaching interviews are going on as we speak. The recruiting dead period is slated to end soon. And the other candidates for jobs that you would look at, even if it's a coordinator like a Tony Elliott at Clemson, his season is over. Other head coaches that you'd look at, a Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, his season is over. So this stuff is beginning to come to a head now. If a week from now, we still don't have clarity on this when we do next week's episode of Michigan Podcast, then that's bad management by everybody at Michigan. Ward Manual should not let it go that long. Today, end of the week, should have an answer from his head coach. He gave him more than enough time. And if you can't find an NFL job, this is my offer. Sign it. You don't want to? We're moving on. Because frankly, Jim Harbaugh doesn't deserve any kind of extension here at Michigan. And if his name wasn't Jim Harbaugh, this wouldn't even be under consideration. If he wasn't a finalist for the Heisman, if he wasn't the first quarterback in school history to be picked in the first round of the NFL draft, if he wasn't the first quarterback in school history to throw a touchdown pass in the NFL, if he didn't return to the program at a time that it was desperate and gave it a life preserver, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Any other coach that coached here for six years, never beat Ohio State, never won a championship, never achieved anything significant, wouldn't have even lasted six years let alone be getting an extension for year seven, no matter how paper mache it may turn out to be. So I've been fine with the way that this has been managed up until now, because it made sense given the timing of everything. But that timing has now arrived. It is time for one or both sides to crap or get off the pot here. More in a moment. We get asked all the time here on Michigan Podcast, hey, what can we do to support you guys? Well, you can support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. You don't just support us, you get exclusive content there, including handicapping picks, exclusive podcasts, and other things available to you by supporting us on our Patreon page. And who knows, you might make some money. Uh, It looks like all my NFL season win total best bets are going to cash this year. So check us out, patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And thanks to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. So let's try to get an opinion on this outside of our maize and blue echo chamber with our good friend and the maybe the one and only reasonable Ohio State fan, Mark Rogers, who has a fantastic college football channel that you can check out on YouTube. Good to see you, Mark. Happy New Year, brother. How are you? Happy New Year, Steve. Great to see you as well. Uh, we haven't seen you on the football field for quite some time. We're still playing football here in the Buckeye State. Mercifully, uh, you haven't. I, frankly, uh, enjoyed the, the month of December of Michigan football tremendously because I didn't have to watch it. Um But let's talk about the future of Michigan football. I want to just lay out a series of circumstances that that are factual. And you tell me what conclusion that you would deduce from these, from this series of events, this sequence of events, okay? So you already were the only coach in the entire Power Five 
to be heading into a lame duck year without an extension beyond the oncoming season, right? That's stipulation number one. Stipulation number two, you then had one of the worst seasons in all of Michigan football history. You didn't win a game at home, for example. Only two wins. Yes, it was only six games, but let's face it, they weren't going to win any of the other games that were left on the schedule anyway. Uh, following that, we have a little event that's of some import called Signing Day on the horizon, right? When all the various recruits sign. And when asked to do so at a public event at a press conference, neither the head coach will say that he will be Michigan's coach next year, nor will the AD say, I want Jim Harbaugh to be my head coach next year. And everybody says, hey, you you can't go into signing day like that. Except they did. Now, this isn't Jim Harbaugh's first signing day. He was aware it was going on. Ward Manuel himself back in the day was a highly recruited player. He knows his football. He also, the AD, was aware of what a signing day is, right? Okay. Signing day comes and goes. No extension. No proclamations that we're going to remain the coach. Nothing from the AD that I want him to remain the coach. And then um, he leaves for two full weeks of Christmas vacation. The head coach does. Goes to another side of this continent, California. Three weeks have gone by since the season. Players haven't heard from him. Prominent players on the team telling somebody I know they haven't talked to their coach in at least three weeks. That was yesterday. Weeks and weeks go by, no extension. The AD never says one time, I want Jim Harbaugh to be my coach next year. We have had, I've counted now, seven or eight different reports that an extension was imminent, most of them within the Michigan media. Over the weekend, it broke in the national media from Bruce Feldman at the Athletic that it was coming. Still nothing. I know for a fact Jim Harbaugh returned to the office today for the first time in weeks. Nothing. I know he is supposed to fly back to San Diego again here soon. He's in Ann Arbor, apparently, without his family. Hmm. Put all of that together, Mark. What? Because I'll tell you what I think my conclusion is, but what's yours? I'm thinking of this from the Michigan side, from the university side, that um, regardless of what Jim Harbaugh's interest is in the NFL or the NFL's interest in Jim Harbaugh, they have to preserve their own self-interest and run a business. And in business, you have timelines and you have deadlines. And so we won't even get into the portion of whether Jim Harbaugh should have been extended or whether they should have kept him as head coach. That's another argument. Once they made the decision that they would be comfortable with keeping him, retaining him as the head coach, this again, as you outlined, is the most crucial few weeks uh, for football programs across the country that are making a transition. And even if they're not making a transition at the head coaching position, they're all in flux to some degree. There are co- coaches coming and going, and obviously there are players to be signed. And so for, for Michigan, 
we're not talking about them trying to retain and keep a legendary coach. I'll throw out the name Urban Meyer. If this was Urban Meyer, I could understand doing everything possible in desperation mode to allow him to be courted by NFL teams and do whatever just to think, hey, if we've got a 10% chance of keeping him and it doesn't happen, then we're just going to have to go on the open market. But we're talking about a coach where there's an argument as to whether he should have been retained first and foremost. So in business, you've got, you operate on timelines and deadlines and you look at everything that you just outlined that have generally, even uh, with National Signing Day, a definite date. The other ones you generally know, having gone through this every year, what is good business practice uh, and, and when decisions need to be made. And I would have offered Jim Harbaugh a contract extension and said, we're going to give you a reasonable, respectful period of time to make up your mind, and then we're going to need a decision. And it would have come a hell of a lot sooner than it has. That's how I would have operated as the administration. See, here's what I think is going on. And, you know, I I have some sources, but I ain't, you know, the Wolverine or Sam Webb at 24-7 Sports. This is, I just root for the team. I kind of have like a whole other gig I do. So covering Michigan football ain't my full-time thing. But I have a couple people I know um, that... um, I have kind of uh, cross interest with politically, and then also we're both Michigan. We're all we're all Michigan people, and the rest of it is just you know I do this for a living, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw some analytical conclusions. What what I think has gone on here is that Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director, has determined he is perfectly fine with the two with either possible outcome here, and the other and those the the two possible outcomes are a um, Jim Harbaugh makes a graceful exit, gets out ahead of the posse, so to speak, um, finds a job in the NFL. That would explain the timing of this delay. You had to wait for the NFL season to end. It just ended 48 hours ago at the time you and I are taping this, right? So you had to wait for the NFL season to end. You had to wait for Bloody or Black Monday, depending on which reference you prefer, when all the coaches get canned. See which jobs are open. Also, you're probably not in any hurry to push him out anyway, because then you run into a situation where, you know, if there's a coach that you really want to hire to replace him, if he moves on and he's coaching another team in one of these big bowl games, now you become a distraction to him, right? Well, now everybody's asking that coach, hey, like what happened with Les Miles, you know, when Lloyd Carr retired back in 2007 and he wanted to come here, but he's also trying to win a national championship and he just needed Michigan and Kirk Herbstreit to keep their mouth shut for about a week or two so he could have made the move that he wanted to make his entire life, right? So if you're Ward Manuel, you're fine having this on the down low. The heat's all on Jim Harbaugh. It's not on me. You know, um, and and that way I'm not getting, I'm not interfering with any potential coaches uh, finish to a season. And then I let Jim find out what the NFL thinks. We're in a recruiting dead period right now. That ends, I believe, on Monday. So you just let this thing play out for a while. And then the second option is he doesn't find an NFL job. You put an extension on his desk and, you know, everybody made a big deal about, well, it's six years. It, the, it could be 28 years. It doesn't matter. What matters is the buyout for next year. That's all that matters. doesn't matter how many years are put on there. What it, all that matters is what it costs to get out of this next year. And so if you're Ward Manuel, you don't beat Ohio State, you don't win a New Year's Six Bowl next year, 
It's a lot cheaper to get out of uh, a deal with Jim Harbaugh a year from now than it is right now, right? Financially, you're probably in a better position a year from now than you are right now. So I think Ward Manuel made the decision that he was okay with either one of those outcomes and told Jim, hey, take your time. Your wife, Sarah, maybe doesn't want to be here anymore. That's one of the big rumors making the rounds is she wants out. Um, if you can find another NFL gig, go ahead, take it. If not, next year, make or break. It's basically beat the Buckeyes or win a New Year's Six Bowl or bust. And that's what I think is going on here, Mark. I think it's the only rational explanation that makes sense of what otherwise does not make sense if you plug those missing variables in. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, what, what you lay out there makes sense. I don't know that that's what Michigan should have done. I don't think that they should have been okay with that. There are coaches that are fired after the season. So what's the difference between either firing Jim Harbaugh or giving him some type of a 48 or 72-hour ultimatum to make a decision after the season because you've lost all this time, and then you leave it on him to to gamble on the NFL and whether he would be able to uh, find a coaching position there. So you say, here's the contract extension. We're going to give you three days to sign it. And because we're going to lose precious time, we're talking about uh, in regards to the end of Michigan's regular season or when the final game was played in the Big Ten regular season, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of which they've lost coaching candidates, not just, I don't even think necessarily guys being on the market, but also guys that they could pluck away from other programs who, with every passing day, become more attached and obligated to the program. Who that, that hurts? That doesn't hurt hiring a head coach. I don't believe. I don't believe it hurts hiring. And I'm not, I'm not going to throw names out of guys who have jobs. I've said that all along. I'm not going to do that until seasons are over and, the, and Michigan has a job. But if you, it doesn't hurt a head coach. Most of the recruiting is already done for this year. 90% of the players are already signed. You know who it hurts? It hurts Jim Harbaugh's ability to fill the assistant coaching holes on his staff. All right, he's, We know for sure he's got to find one coordinator. I think he's going to have to hire two on both sides of the ball. Um, that's who it hurts is right now you've got LSU and Texas and Auburn out there going after the same caliber of assistant coach that you as one of those upper tier programs would probably be going after as well. So what the delay does is it hurts Harbaugh's case that um, next year would be dramatically better and no seven and five, eight and four isn't it. I mean, like dramatic, like for the first time in, since Harbaugh's first year, they don't end a season by losing their last two games. They've done that every other year he's been here. All right. So uh, that's who I think it hurts. I don't think it hurts Ward Manuel at all. You know, um, you know what? I'll throw this name out there because I don't think he will come to Michigan because he's way too Buckeye. And this isn't, this isn't Bo being Woody Hayes' assistant, but he didn't play for Ohio State. I mean, Luke Fickle is Buckeye born and bred. Okay. But but throwing my opinion out there, he's not a power five coach, so we'll, you know, and so Luke's used to speculation. And he almost took the Michigan State job last year. This timing is actually better for Ward Manuel to go to Luke Fickle than it would have been a week or two ago. He's got a special team. They're undefeated. It's what happened with P.J. Fleck and Purdue, remember, Mark? Purdue wanted to hire P.J. Fleck instead of Jeff Brom. He said, no, I want to finish the season with my team. Purdue moved on. And, and PJ's finished the season with Western, and then the Minnesota job came open because of controversy, and so he was able to close the book, not abandon his players, and then make a clean cut, make a clean break, right? If you're Ward Manuel, it's easier to call Luke Fickle right now or next week 
than it was two or three weeks ago when he's vying for the playoff and the biggest game in school history and everything else. I think it's Jim Harbaugh who's hurt. All right, because you're seeing a lot of these other upper tier schools are out there trying to hire assistant coach candidates in this from the same gene pool that he'd probably be looking at. Hurt if he stays. If he stays, he needs, yes. Yeah, yeah. But he obviously, as you mentioned, he had to wait until that final Sunday of the NFL season to wait for a job. I'm just thinking that they should have given him a, a contract extension, a short window, because of what you just outlined. Again, uh, I I was thinking the same thing with the, the coaching staff. Uh, is critical and guys are taking these couple weeks to interview coaches and assemble coaching staffs look at steve sarkeesian even though he's trying to prepare for a national championship game he's assembling a coaching staff at the same time true but if you save 10 million dollars you don't have to pay jim harbaugh that'll pay for a lot of really good assistant coaches brother if you know what i'm saying that's what that's what ward manual i believe is thinking he's thinking either i'm getting out of this not paying Jim's buyout because he leaves on his own, or next year when I probably do have to get out of this, it doesn't cost me anything close to $10 million. I think that's probably what's going on. Probably. That, that, and uh, that way you didn't have to fire Jim Harbaugh. All right? You didn't have to fire the most decorated quarterback in the history of the program, one of the most decorated players in the history of the program. He either left on his own or then next year didn't come through in essentially what's a make-or-break season and fired himself, and you don't have any of, the, any of that blood on your hands. That's what I believe our AD is thinking. So the AD, in your estimations, made a pretty wise... So far, I, I think that he has. Yeah, I do. Now, I do think, though... Now, once we get past this week, you know, my understanding is Harbaugh is going back to San Diego tomorrow or later this week. Once we get past this week and the recruiting dead period is up, and now you look at the, the, how active the transfer portal and stuff is, then I do think the then at some point, I don't think we're quite there yet, but we are approaching a point where Ward Manuel needs to say to Jim Harbaugh, here is the deal. Take it or leave it. If you don't have an NFL job, that's a you problem. This is my offer. If you don't want it, I'm moving on. Because then you do get into new coach comes in, wants to fill the last few slots in the recruiting class, wants to hit the transfer portal. I don't think we're there yet with a new head coach, but I think we are. We would certainly be there next week. If you're Ward Manuel, you can't let this drag on for another week or two because even if because Harbaugh is having a hard time right now getting guys in the transfer portal and stuff to come in because you don't know if he's going to be there, right? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do think that there's something being dismissed that you mentioned right off the top uh, because the power brokers aren't necessarily going to think of the players and the player attitudes, but we talked on a regular basis this past season of the the attitude, the, the, the confidence level, the buy-in of the locker room as it stands. Well, if their coach didn't communicate with them for weeks on end uh, and we're hearing, you know, rumblings out there that uh, players aren't <laughs> taking to that, they're disgruntled, then uh, it's going to be difficult for him to win them back. Possibly. Here, here, well, here's what's going to happen, I think. If Harbaugh stays, double figures of players are going into the transfer portal. If Harbaugh leaves, depending on who the head coach replacement would be, Double figures of players are going to the transfer portal, just different groups, if you know what I'm saying. I think mm-hmm. that, I think it's just a matter of what, what, what that outcome is. Um, 
we're going to lose a bunch of guys, I believe, or, or several guys. I already have lost a few. I think we're going to lose several more. It's just a matter of which several it is based on the decision that Jim Harbaugh makes. From what I've seen of the players in the transfer portal, even though there are volumes of players, over 500 players. At That's this amazing. Point, yeah. 87 quarterbacks I counted. Uh, we're not talking about game-changing players. Not that they can't help you. Not that they can't mm-hmm. fortify positions. And not that there aren't decent players at 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 every position. Uh, there are some good players. Miami just picked up a defensive end who uh, from Tennessee who was the top three or four in the SEC in sacks. So there are good players. I don't see a lot of game-changing type players. Um, so they're going to fortify the roster. So, so I'm not saying it's not important, but uh, the, the transfer portal's not flooded with tremendous talent top end guys no what you're probably looking at particularly in the big 10 most of the time you're looking at a group of five player like this offensive tackle michigan has coming in or mac players who excelled there like mike dana a couple years ago that michigan brought in uh in 2019 that guys that have uh matured physically and so they physically can play in the big 10 were overlooked recruits but have productively shown that they can play at a group of five level um, because if you were a productive pa- player at the power five level, you're usually not ending up in the transfer portal, right? So that kind of goes to what you're talking about for sure. All right, Mark, good stuff. Final question. Next week, when you and I have this conversation, will Jim Harbaugh have signed an extension at Michigan or not? What do you think? Yes, Jim Harbaugh will be Michigan's coach in 2021. All right. That's it's one area where we disagree. It's, we should disagree more often, actually. I mean, after all, you are an Ohio State fan. All right, Mark. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Take care, okay? Good to see you. Good to see you. You bet. We get asked all the time here on Michigan Podcast, hey, what can we do to support you guys? Well, you can support us via our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. You don't just support us, you get exclusive content there, including handicapping picks, exclusive podcasts, and other things available to you by supporting us on our Patreon page. And who knows, you might make some money. Uh, It looks like all my NFL season win total best bets are going to cash this year. So check us out, patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And thanks to the hundreds of you that are supporting us right now at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. This week's Twitter poll, we asked you a very simple question. Do you want Jim Harbaugh to return as Michigan football coach? And boy, howdy, was the vote close, which is not good, by the way. Um, It uh, was won by the nose just by a nose, 51.4%, over the yeas at 48.6%. This was the most voted on poll we've ever had. And I have to wonder how many of those yes votes came from fans of the green and white and the scarlet and gray. But still, um, when when you have a coach making the kind of money at as big of a program as Michigan is heading into year seven, You don't want this kind of a split about whether or not to bring him back. But that's what happens when in years one through six, you don't achieve anything of significance at all. Nothing. Let's get to this week's question of the week, which comes from Andrew Burris, who says, In what world is it okay to accept not even beating Michigan State consistently, losing to Penn State every other year, losing to Wisconsin badly, 
When we got to a 12-game schedule, every season shapes up for six or seven almost automatic wins. Um, so eight and four, nine and three seasons can't be acceptable. You're right. Uh, they should not be. Apparently, for some people, this is the world uh, in the multiverse where those things are acceptable. And look, it's it's something I've alluded to earlier. If the exact same record and everything were the same, but the coach wasn't the most decorated quarterback in school history, a Heisman Trophy finalist, the first quarterback from the school ever selected in the first round of the NFL draft to ever throw a touchdown in the NFL and return to the school at a time that it needed, uh, I mean, frankly, a life preserver. Take those things away. If it's not Jim Harbaugh, we're moving on already. And and so he's going to get, in some circles, we shall see. I, I still don't believe he's going to be the coach here next year. But in some circles, he's going to get an extra year to, quote, bet on himself, uh, approve it year, and an extra year of a grace because it's not every other coach. It's a proud alum named Jim Harbaugh. But Andrew, fundamentally, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think. You can do that by following us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast. Keeping up to date, by the way, hit like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, no matter how you access Michigan Podcast every week, keep doing those things, sharing it with all the Michigan fans you know. Until the next time, Go Blue. I'm Steve Dace. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.